This episode is brought to you by Black in Space, a virtual Black Pride experience powered by Makers Lab. Black Pride is not canceled, y'all. Inspired by the beautiful future of Black and Brown queer people, let's come together in space. Starting this Thursday, May 21st, for five days, five days of art, music, film, and joy. You can get your tickets at blackinspace.com. That's blackinspace, B-L-K, the letter N, the word space, blackinspace.com. So they don't really have, and so I'm just going to kind of move you through a little bit of the phasing of that, because the hallmarks of it is this grandiosity, lack of empathy, and this incessant need for admiration. So they're going to choose somebody anyway who they think is kind of unique or they have some quality that makes them look good. because They're always thinking that they deserve special care over Mm -hmm. anything. And then once you, and they're very charismatic, like it's just like, you're like, I don't know where this person came from. (laughs) I am Red Summer. And I'm Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Welcome back, babies. good to uh, be with you all again. Uh, For those of you all who are just joining us, we just want to let you know that Your Gay Aunties is a weekly podcast that is centered around queer adulting. So if you want Auntie Hanifa and I to answer any questions that you have about life, love, or any other experiences in your good gay life, go ahead and tap us on the shoulder and email us at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter at your gay aunties. Every Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday. This is Sunday, right? <laughs> I was ready for Saturday. Every it's Sunday, we go live on YouTube <laughs> at one o'clock. If you don't like, you're not really into just sitting and listening to the podcast, you can watch us live on YouTube every Sunday, one o'clock oh at your gay aunties. Everything yes. is guarantees. Come on and join us, babies. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And we uh, love it when you guys reach out to us in so many ways, like with your wonderful reviews. Uh-uh. So here's that review spotlight. This is really cool. Um, SDG 1111. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the time. Like the time on the clock, 11-11. Okay. Is that like a, it's like a spiritual number? Like it's yeah, it's like an angel number, I think. Okay, I need some. I don't. I don't have my spiritual credits up to spec. <laughs> yeah, people make wishes that eleven. I was thinking of some kind of like futurist. You know, you know, <laughs> it's a cyborg number. I. S E G eleven eleven said, "I just got around to listening to the gift." with Dr. Forster. Oh, when we had LaCara on. All right. She says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have been working with a spiritualist and medium um, who is queer friendly, but not queer. Now I have someone to connect with. Oh my God. That is so dope that we, um, someone that we bring on the show, you guys actually connect with that serves a need for the community. Because at the day, that's what this is all about. So we really enjoy your reviews. You can always review us on um, iTunes at any time. That really helps our ratings. Or if I really want to flex, you can go to Speak Your Truth in the bios in our IG link, and you can literally record an audio review. All right, and we can feature that on the show. So you're part of the show. Boom. Yes. So then on Wednesday nights at 6 Yeah, 
I do a thing called. (laughs) I do this thing called Auntie Red's Tweet Tea. And um, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., I am on Twitter and I just answer whatever questions that people have. Okay. So someone asked uh, this past Wednesday, were you and your wife friends before you got married? Do you think that's necessary for a successful marriage? Now, first, I want to say that my wife and I argue about this all the time because we are on totally different sides of this conversation. Um, But I answered, we actually were not friends first. She saw me on Facebook and (laughs) let me know right away that she was not trying to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) She was ready to marry me, and that was that. So she told me to let her know when I was ready. And then when I was ready, I let her know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was, it was funny that she brought that up because, you know, that's definitely a debate that we have in our house. (laughs) So friends, hmm, it's interesting. My friends, I I guess most people feel like they would want to be friends. Are you saying like, is she asking like, were you guys just straight like friends, like on the scene? Yeah, the okay, all right. And all yeah. of that. She was not interested in wasting any time. Like, we just gonna <laughs> hang out platonic. Small no, talk. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna marry you. That's it. I was like, all right. <laughs> so, if you all have any questions, uh, or if you just want to catch the conversation, join me every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about the latest um, Your Gay Aunties episode or you can ask me anything over evening tea. So you can follow Your Gay Aunties on Twitter at Your Gay Aunties and use the, use the hashtag Auntie Red's Tweet Tea. So Wednesdays, you got me all to yourself. <laughs> Ooh, and right now we are here in the now. How are you doing since last we spoke, girl? I'm good. I spent a lot of my day yesterday watching the HBCU graduation. Oh, how, well, how did they do that? So they did um, like um, Essence Magazine partnered with Chase and they did this whole thing where like Barack Obama was the oh, uh, that's right. speaker that's and they right. had like all kind of performers and, and inspirational speakers. It was really, really beautiful. So I was inspired. I'm wearing my, you know, support African-American schools, black colleges matter. right? <laughs> um, and it was just, it was so good. It was so good. And a lot of the things that I had hoped that President Obama would say he kind of snuck those in. So, <laughs> about, about the state of things or for the about students? About the state in of things. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance, if you see, like, because they've been posting the transcript for it, yeah, he was dropping a few little baby bombs in there. Like, you know, he's definitely super cool, so he's not going to call you out, is. call you out. But he definitely was like, oh, they tripping, right? <laughs> but, yo, he called... His that, that that thing he called him out um, on when he referred to how his handling of the pandemic was uh, God what is it an absolute chaotic disaster Ooh. which it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like you better come out and say come on y'all say some more say some more you know yeah but <laughs> good I'm glad he came out well look I've been spending I've been spending 
Mm-hmm. The last few days, tweezing my eyebrows. <laughs> trying okay. to trying to get some grooming together. Okay. Yes. So I've decided on a few things. Okay. One, I'm, like I said, I'm definitely going to use my, I'm, I bought a trimmer, committed to growing it out, just going to line myself up. I can do that, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> my eyebrows, though, I was like, what am I going to do? So I started tweezing, okay? I started mm-hmm. tweezing. I was like, it's kind of clean, but it ain't shaped, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to shave shape because I was, I was scared. So I looked up how to thread. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm going gangster with it. I, I I want my PhD on the grooming things. I'm going to get I my my so okay. Because you know how it is when the eyebrows start acting the fool and doing their own thing and the way my hair grows, it don't it don't even do its own. They don't even do it as a group. They everyone does their own thing in the eyebrow bush. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm really excited. Hopefully when I come to you next. I can, like, this right here, if you can see this, if y'all with us, YouTube Live, you can see, this is just me cleaning up with tweezer, okay? I'll say that, I'll say that, all right? So, hopefully when I come to you next week, um, I'm coming to you threaded. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm looking bananas. I would never be, like, <laughs> audacious enough. <laughs> to try to do such a thing. I am so excited for you. Please let me know how it works out. <laughs> I, know, I, thought, I thought I needed like that, you know, have like um, East Asian roots and have my great grandma and her grandma and, her, and my mama have done it like a lineage thing in order to learn the craft of threading. Yeah. But actually it's not that difficult. It's more just practice. Got you. Okay. Well, That's- please keep me posted. <laughs> hey, we gotta do what we gotta do. You know what I'm saying? We gotta do what we gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, with that, it is mm-hmm. time to move on to a very special part of the show for me, which is our bag of gems. <laughs> what in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? I love it. I love my Luda bringing in the bag of gems. Yes. yes. <laughs> what you got for so- today? Well, for today, well, yesterday was Honor LGBT Elders Day. Did you know that? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was really excited because I felt seen, right? <laughs> because, like, that is very much a part of, like, what I try to do with the gems, right? <laughs> like, I always <laughs> try to reach back and, like, give that shine to those who made space for me. Mm-hmm. And so... With that, I wanted to dedicate my gym um, to my gay aunties at Pow Wow in Chicago. Mm. So I found this um, article, and I'm just going to give you like pieces of the article. It was written by Lauren Harrison in the Chicago Tribune, where she talked about um, just the experience of going to visit Pow Wow. What year was the article? What year was the article? 2005. 2005. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so I'm just going to read the article. So women have long stood on the shoulders of female giants who came before them. Giants who sought to change the artistic opportunity equation. One in which their identities were denied. So they demanded and created spaces where women's voices and their work could be heard. The impact of such spaces is perhaps best put by powwow MC Lucy Shumpert. 
Women living and dead whose spirits struggled without this safe space have blessed this dream. They sit in elevated bar stools each Tuesday and give wings and power far beyond our expectation. Mm, wings always says, a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> she says reading her own work to a packed crowd during the recent event. Cece Carter, acclaimed poet and lesbian feminist activist, created a community at her Southside weekly spoken word series called Powwow, an acronym for performance or writers for women on women's issues. The idea for the space came after the closing of a previous uh, performance space called Mountain Movement Coffee House. And mm. when the coffee closed, Cece was like, okay, well then there are no safe spaces for women to come and to perform. So she created a space and intentionally put it on the South side so black women had access to the space. Say what? So the, the local collective um, spanned more than three decades, Mountain Moving Coffee House did. And so we wanted to make sure on the South side that we had that same kind of space. So Carter created Pow Wow in 2003, originally as a platform to highlight lesbian artists. But all that changed six months after creating the group when she received an anonymous email from a woman who asked if it was okay for her to come, come back again because she was straight. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that's always a question. I'm straight, yeah. can I come in? I'm white, can I come in? Well, she, she came and she was like, she really loved the space. She just wanted oh, to know she could come back. She didn't want to offend anyone who uh -huh. was there. <laughs> and from there, we said, wow, how many other women are coming in here and not saying anything because they're afraid they might get kicked out? <laughs> so real. the space expanded to include all people, men, women, both in and out of the LGBT community. And I remember being um, a young poet in Pow Wow. She said, the mic is open to all as long as your politics are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so its mission expanded to create opportunities for female and male writers that address social justice issues that affect women of color so wherever you felt you were on the spectrum of gender mm. of sexuality you were welcome in this space as long as you understood that it was to celebrate women of color and black sure. women specifically <laughs> So an interactive writing experience kicks off the evening. So we would have five words and Jackie Anderson would collect them. Jackie, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Yeah. yeah. And I will just say that one of Mama Jackie's um, favorite words to add was pussy. Well, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> I was such a lady and I would not say such a word like, in public spaces without being egged on. But mm. that was one of the times that she was like, you have to like grow beyond your fear of how people are going to see you. Right. And she just kept throwing that word in or words like it. So we would be like, oh, how are we going to put this word in the poem? <laughs> <laughs> and um, then our DJ, DJ Levelin, who was also... Um, has transitioned to the elders since we've been in this corona experience. Um, would play Mary J. Blige's Fine. I'm just fine. fine, fine. <laughs> and then she would do sign language to the song. So it was just a wonderful experience, a place to be. 
Um, Carter says the weekly tradition underscores a harsh reality. Women with trauma, women with survivor issues, and mothers often go through weekly thankless lives, avoiding touch. So we included the warm fuzzies where everyone went around and hugged each other and welcomed them. So if nobody ever says anything to you between now Mm-hmm. You know, even with the people that we, we in the world, you know, that if I'm someone who lives alone, I'm someone who doesn't have people in my life, I can mm-hmm. go there. And that's more people than you think. Yeah. That's definitely yeah, more yeah. people than you think. You're surprised how lonely people feel. That, that I'm sorry, that's just like, just dope. Because sometimes we need permission to touch each other, mm-hmm. to ask for a hug, and to know that that's expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. You know, outside so of kind of religious stuff, you know, yeah. Yeah. And so just to just wrap it up, um, they ended with a quote from Dr. Jackie Anderson, um, where she says, we were attempting to create something special. We were attempting to create the kind of world we wanted to live in. Mm. That was so important. There were certain things that were created in that powwow space. Like um, you could not only be fed through the, the work, but you could come and you could physically eat. They cooked every week and brought big pans mm-hmm. of food and for you know, your $5 entry, which was always on the sliding scale. And no one was ever turned away from powwow. You could come and you can get emotionally fed. You could get physically fed. Like you got that hug that you needed. You got that good work. So I just wanted to shout out my aunties from there, you know, Auntie Pat, Auntie Vera, Auntie Cece, right, Auntie Lucy, Auntie Jackie, right, and also Enina J and all of the other. I have on the show today, yes. Yes, who were there in that space with us. Like, it was crazy. Like, I was 30, but I was the youth, right? (laughs) So we were called the youth in the space. And we really were treated by the elders in our community, like they were present for us and they were making something for us to to be in where we were safe. And that was so, so important. I mean, it's, I mean, it's something similar that we're trying even right here with uh, this podcast. You know, I wouldn't say that we're quote unquote elders, but we are elders and rel- relatively speaking. <laughs> but that, 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 that tradition of creating something with the intention of passing it on, creating something as an offering is something that runs along in our tradition just as a people. Um, and I mean, powwows, you know, I mean, I've heard so many things about powwows, so I, you know. Okay, I'm really excited. Um, the other day, you know, I was, I was having a Rona moment um, and dealing with my emotions, you know, I'm hunkered down here with my mom and to the point where I had to leave the house and I was searching on YouTube of how to deal with these kinds of situations, conflict and, and, and feelings of anger and wanting of control and not knowing how to control that, if you will. So I, I God bless YouTube, in the rabbit hole, I came, about, came by um, this woman. Her name is Dr. Erasmus, um, P-S-Y-D. Um, and I was inspired to write a meditative moment. Mm. And this meditative moment is about compassion. Welcome everyone to Auntie Hanifa's meditative moment. And today's meditation is inspired by the work of Dr. Yvette Erasmus 
P-S-Y-V. <laughs> All right, children. Let's take a minute to be right here. Find a comfortable position where you are, wherever you are. Breathe a couple of times with your auntie. Inhale. Exhale. Today, we are going to be present with the idea of self-compassion and what that feels and can actually look like. There are many ways to show yourself compassion, but right now, we want to understand why we should have self-compassion and a self-compassion practice. It may appear obvious when thinking about it. Of course, I should love myself. I take baths, I exercise, see a therapist, or none of these. Baths, exercise, and therapy, though needed, are all non-biased relationships with yourself. What if I were to tell you we spend our entire lives seeking, creating, and destroying the love we want to receive from the world around us? The irony that perhaps this is because as a society, we lack the practice, the practice, of self-compassion in relationship with others. All right, hear me now. So right here, right now, we are going to focus on just one way, one way you can show yourself compassion when you're in conflict, whether you know it or not, with others. Corona has not only redefined our day-to-day, but also who we spend our day-to-day with. Many of us are living with our parents or roommates or we're with our partners. Just the other day, while hunkered down with my mom, an old habit and the way we relate to one another arose. We both often lack patience with each other if we both, at the time, need a sense of control. But using self-compassion in that moment changed everything. This can cause anxiety, fear, anger, and depression when we get caught up in our thinking or the stories we've lived or have created from the past or for the future. Then we're going to just stew in it like a pot of greens. And then, quote unquote, you're helpless and out of control in both time zones, says Dr. Erasmus. I thought that was hot. So at that moment with my mom, I instead reoriented myself as if I'm observing, here's the practice. I am observing a story from a non-judgmental position. 
What am I feeling in this exact moment? What do I need? Feelings. Oh, we all have a relationship with our feelings or practice with our feelings. Yes, and we can point towards childhood, but find solace that everyone has had one. Now return to yours. Think about your last conflict. Can you articulate how it made you feel and what? Other than your attempts to win the conflict, how could you implement this technique to support yourself, your partnership, your family, from a place of self-compassion? Once you take yourself out of the story and watch it like Netflix, you chill the fuck out. Almost instantaneously, what you may begin to experience is your truth mm. in the moment. Experiencing the other person in this matter creates a space, an opportunity to diminish the childhood bugaboo that always instigates a fight or flight. A sense of clarity and many times surprising peace arises in you. That clarity, that peace is your power in whatever conflict you find yourself in. That clarity and silence will open your ears to be able not only to empathize with what is being said on both sides, but also empower you to articulate what the fuck you need in the moment. <laughs> Self-compassion when in conflict with others in the world around you will get you through the moment, the day, and perhaps better on the other side of this. Ah, slowly open your eyes, children. I have a few more gems around self-compassion in relationship with others, but we'll say that for another day. I want to send love out to you, your Rona Bay, your mame, or your roommates. You will get through this. Oh, bitches. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love this. I'm so enjoying the Zen space that you're in. Mm. Yes. Oh, Even got my Zen, I've got my pseudo Zen out well, as close as I can get. Yeah. <laughs> This is my African print from 125th, but I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yes, girl, I was, yo, she was turning me out. No, oh, I Dr. love it. Erasmus was turning me out. I was like, oh, she inspired me to write a meditation. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something to focus on. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. It is. It is. When you just and I, now and she's not talking about like disassociate. We're not trying to you know add more problems to the right. <laughs> but you know like when I when me and my mom go at it, you know we don't go at it at it. But you know like we have our conflict. It's like I just step back. It's like and I I'm literally watching little Hanifa deal with her mama, <laughs> and I all I automatically have compassion for my mother. I start to empathize yeah. with my mom and I see why she is coming at me the way she is and what she almost what she needs. And then I'm like, oh I need this. And that's yeah. she and like I see the story like when you're watching a movie. You're yeah. like it's like the characters in the movie don't know what the hell is going on. But you over here like bitch, she trying to say why can't you see this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think after that, we need a break. Girl. <laughs> Say words. Yes. It's my girls and boys and days and way out. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just came from my ass. That was my attempts at a transition. All right, so we are really excited. It is another week for Lights On and Patreon. So as you know, we have a wonderful Patreon um, page where you too can also watch um, us live from that Patreon page. But um, that is a wonderful place where you can support your gay aunties, whatever you have when you have it. And we have something, another special tier, a new tier we've been doing for the past couple of weeks called Lights On. And what Lights On does, it provides you to contribute to a pool of money that supports not just your gay aunties, but other independent queer podcasts. And how do we do this? So basically, you guys suggest your favorite independent queer podcast, and you guys can do that. Just go on our IG. There's a post there saying, hey, what's your favorite independent queer podcast? <laughs> so just comment on that. <laughs> We get it. Um, and then um, we add those podcasts to our spinner wheel. So today's podcast that we want to add to the wheel, all right, um, suggested, um, it's called Thanks for Asking, and the host's name is Kells. So let's listen to a little bit of their intro to Thanks for Asking. And then I choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man, come here! Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. <laughs> now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 what up, guys? It's Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. Thanks for asking, Kells Podcast, episode 239. I'm back. So, <laughs> that was pretty clean, right? Give me my props. Give me my props. That, yo, okay, so Kells is, you know, uh, a podcast is irreverent. She, uh, I'm not sure if Kells goes by uh, she, he, or they, so I'll just say they. Um, they, you know, go into it talking about everything from A to Z to yeah. Z, politics, you know, like, it's like she just, like, they, excuse me, they're just, like, sitting on their, uh, she, first of all, okay, look, I, I don't know, I should have found out what pronoun, because, you know, my thing is snapping back, but they are sitting on their fire escape in New York, because I hear that New York accent, just talking shit. Talking shit for like an hour, two hours, and I, I love, I love podcasts like that because you can keep it up by yourself doing that. You go, yeah. So I actually did when we were doing um our podcast. Uh, what do we call it? We were listening to podcasts in the car on Tuesdays. Kels was one of the ones that I was listening to. I'm so glad we uh, somebody suggested that one because I do love her, him, or they, them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be more important. You gotta find out your pronouns before we uh, talk about your podcast. Um, <laughs> but go, but go in and check Kells out. Thanks for asking. And we're gonna add Kells to the wheel. All right. Thanks for asking. It's being added to the wheel. And let's spin the wheel and see who we got. Our, our beautiful Vanna White intern, <laughs> Kiara's gonna spin the wheel.
right, we got Trauma Queen. Yes, Trauma Queen has been in the wheel for a couple of weeks, and our Trauma Queen is a part of the May Pool for Lights on and again lights on is a great way for you guys to support um independent queer podcasts so any monies that is collected within a month's time would be split by those podcasts selected on i wheel and if again if you want your podcast to hopefully uh get on the wheel your favorite podcast just uh check us out over on um ig and let us know under that post asking you what what is your favorite independent queer podcast folks all right (laughs) so other than that, just go over to patreon.com slash your gay aunties and either support your gay aunties with Auntie Love or Lights On. Yes. And I wanted to um, just kind of preface our guest for um, for next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to do like, um, what do we call it? Oh, my gosh. Why is my brain leaving me? Sunday, Sunday brunch, brunch. right? <laughs> if we're still calling Sunday brunch because we can't leave the house to go to brunch anymore, <laughs> I haven't been to brunch in so long I couldn't even remember what it was called, right? <laughs> but our Sunday brunch guest is Renee Ryan. Renee will be joining us to talk about the other side of gay marriage, and that's the conversation on gay divorce. So we look forward to having her on the show to share her experiences with us. And then we'll be moving on. Say that again. Say get it, get it. I know what she's signing. Y'all be all quick to get married and everything. Y'all don't know. That's paperwork, honey. (laughs) (laughs) The paper's in your pocket, too. (laughs) They be working and walking out your pocket. (laughs) Pain! All right, sorry. Right. So, um, and that will be wrapping up May, which is our month on relationships. And we'll be moving into June, which is Butch Stud Boy Appreciation Month. So if you identify as either, we are just asking that for the month of June, you send us your photos so that we can highlight and celebrate all of our masculine of censored viewers and listeners because we love you and we see you and we want to show you off to the world. <laughs> Ashe. Ashe. You know, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. We want to see that book sexy. We want to see that stud sexy, you know? You know Ow. what I'm saying? It's, and, and all the ways that you express it. Masculine or centered or anything. As long as you got, you submit, you, you sniff a masculine. <laughs> In a queer body. We want to see your sexy. All right? We don't see enough of us on, 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 just, just society, period. Definitely mm-hmm. not in the media space. So we're going to make that space here, Jigayanti. She. Absolutely. <laughs> so next up, we have letters. Here's your letter. <laughs> we are so happy. The children have been showing out and they have been sending us letters. We love it. We are here for the letters and we are here because of the letters. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> if you have a letter that you want to send us, whatever you're going through, send it to yougayaunties at gmail.com like this person did. And first I have to read you. It is very short, but it is a powerful question. It says, aunties, I'm an empath and my fiance is a narcissist. Do we stand a chance? That was it. <laughs> I'm going I'm going zipping up until we hit into the segment. 
and we both said, uh, we looked at each other like, I don't know how to answer that. So <laughs> we had to go to our community and who we were able to find to bring with us today to help to answer this question is Dr. Janaki Flint. So Dr. Janaki is a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Louisiana. She received her Doctor of Clinical Psychology from Georgia School of Professional Psychology in Atlanta. Her clinical interests vary and include late adolescent and emerging adult development and a lot of long words that I could read earlier, but, <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly, I will let you know that she is currently residing in New Orleans and she is in private practice at 21 Senses, NOLA. So I want to welcome Dr. Janaki Flint to the show with us today. Hello, Dr. Flint. <laughs> what do we do with this, Doc? Okay, emphasize living with a, a, a narcissist. And the question is, can they make it? Well, um, so when I thought about that, with that question, um, I'm going to go out, uh, just kind of go on a limb here and say, it's really, it's complicated, but it's not. Mm. Um, considers herself an empath, which is typically someone who kind of takes in people's energy and they have like a healing place. Um, that relationship is going to be extremely toxic. And the thing that I think that she may need more is how to leave that narcissist. Okay, listen. You said it in a very doctorly way. And, you know, I know, therapists, you can't, you know, you can't go for the juggler. But we, without any doctorand or plaque wall set a resounding no, you're not going right. to. Okay, there are, there are therapists who don't accept narcissists as clients. Am I, am I, am I correct in saying well, that? Tell you the truth, I don't. Um, You know, I, I just don't, but I, you know, because I have, you know, I'm bound by some ethics, I will find that person, a person in the community that can see them and that will see them. Because there are people who are, who specialize in these kind of hard, hard uh, wired personality disorders, which mm -hmm. narcissistic personality disorder is, um, according to the Western text called the DSM. Um, so I will refer that person to someone because, no, you know, people with narcissistic personality disorder, there's a difference. Sometimes okay. personality disorder, and then some people just have narcissistic traits, meaning mm. bodies that they do that kind of lean in that direction. And those people are generally the types of people who actually can, with some, with some maybe treatment and some insight, can actually kind of improve. Um, personality disorders by the very nature are just a tough nut to crack anyway. I mean, they're like really difficult to treat, um, disorders and narcissistic personality is like the high one on the high of different, um, those, uh... they come with a sense of grandiosity, a lack of empathy for anyone. So if you're an empath, which is the, I know that's like, that's the, that's the absolute opposite of an empath. Yeah. <laughs> absolute like, opposite. So 
And so they don't really have, and so I'm just going to kind of move you through a little bit of the phasing of that because the hallmarks of it is this grandiosity, lack of empathy, and this incessant need for admiration. So they're going to choose somebody anyway who they think is kind of unique or they have some quality that makes them look good because they're always thinking that they deserve special care over mm-hmm. anyone. And then once you, and they're very charismatic, like it's just like, you're like, I don't know where this person came from. They're saying all the things that you've ever wanted said in your life. And if you tell them anything about your childhood, so their whole thing is to figure out how to manipulate you, like literally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but once they have you on the hook, the behavior changes because it's no longer fun. So they got to do something like mm. feel like, you know, oh, I really don't want you. And to keep you on the hook of trying to win back their love. So you're constantly chasing a high of mm. I first met and how you were when we first met. But you're never going to get that because the whole, it's a game, right? Mm. A lot of this is not, and I say it's complicated because people who exhibit these behaviors um, oftentimes live in this bubble of not really understanding that these are defensive behaviors, um, either from uh, early childhood experiences, environment. Sometimes um, some scientists have said this could be biological or even genetic, um, having um, narcissistic personality disorder. And so, um, especially in the case of early childhood, adverse childhood experiences, usually, um, these just become highly hardwired defensive behavior so how you interact with the world in order to so if you find you find yourself as an empath with this person chances are if that person is not seeking help which it takes a lot to get a narcissist Narcissist to see a therapist (laughs) and they're not even open to that that's not even a thing that they're open to and they're just gonna find yourself getting gaslighted and being in this um loop of you know this kind of cycle of trying to just win that person's love that you opened it with yourself get yourself out of an environment with a narcissist is is understanding things about who you are and coming back to you and giving yourself that because as um people who are female identified we are socialized to kind of sit underneath people other people right we're we're kind of socialized to give output nurture we're this, we're that. We have to make you feel good and all of this, right? And that really is, um, that really makes it worse, actually, for a narcissist because you're going to find yourself doing a lot of work. And so mm. because we're socialized for that output, the input of self-compassion then feels awkward and feels like that I, I can't receive that. And so you have to, and coming from a body standpoint from the bottom up, you have to really understand not just the emotional feeling, because oftentimes people can't even label their emotions. And that creates another level of anxiety. But what is the body sensing? Where do you feel those feelings? Where in the body? Sometimes it's a heart space, which indicates some type of heartbreak or some heaviness in the heart, anxiety, or the gut space, which sometimes shame lives in the gut. That's where shame is. 85% of your serotonin lives there. So oftentimes it's about understanding your own self and your own body with narcissistic types and those with narcissistic personality disorder. You have to first create hard boundaries that you do not go back on. Mm. So 
have to be very clear because their whole thing will be to break down your boundaries. And when they can't do that, they will turn on you and become monsters. I mean, I've had people have narcissists um, just do um, sexually blackmail them, put their stuff up on the internet. Uh, I mean, like, you know, it, it, they become really dysregulated. Um, not all, but certainly some. And, and when they do become dysregulated because you haven't given them what they want, um, it just gets to be a nasty cocktail. Yeah, that's that's deep. We're both sitting here like, oh, we need to email this child back. I can't hear you. <laughs> Listen, um, okay, did the person give their name? Yeah, at all, they did. The it's on the email. Share? I don't, I don't, I don't see, it. I don't see. It. It's not in the thing in the script. Okay. Just what's her name, real quick? I'm just gonna call her oh, Christopher. Oh, I don't know. All right, all right, Chrissy. Sarah. Chrissy. Yeah. Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> Chrissy. 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 Okay. Though everyone deserves love and partnership, you know, we all as human beings need that. But some of us human beings are wired in a way that we don't quite know that's what we need, or rather that's not something we prioritize. One of these type of human beings is who the fuck you are partnered with. <laughs> so you need, like we always say, what you're, well, what I'm about to say is what you're wanting and willing to give this person at the time cannot receive. So now the only onus is on you to decide if you want to throw your gems to the pearls of swine. Okay, let's just go there. All right, I think everyone, whether you realize it or not, have been in a relationship with either a narcissist or someone who has narcissistic traits. Mm. Okay, it ain't cute. It ain't fun and it can break you down if you don't know where the hell you are. So show some self-compassion to at least be present and look at this crazy narcissistic movie that you are watching mm -hmm. and stirring in and listen to the doctor. Get your ass out. Unless you, okay. Or make a, so, make, a, make a decision in relationship. Make a decision, make a decision. Baby. Yeah, so then I have a question. Um, how do you know the difference between like your partner's exhibiting narcissistic behavior and like the relationship is just old like over time like you all you know you were so excited about each other you were in your honeymoon phase and then you move to the next phase and it might not be as like pressing and romantic and oh my god I gotta see you like does that mean that the person has you know <laughs> is exhibiting these behaviors or like what's the difference well, that can be um, difficult to kind of, well, it's not that difficult to be honest with you because narcissists are very clear about some of the stuff that they do. Mm -hmm. um, if it's gaslighting or they suddenly just stop talking to you all together and then you're like constantly trying to reach them and then they call you at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, it's kind of like this, I'm going to drop a carrot and then I'm going to take it back and I'm going to drop a carrot and I'm going to take it back. And then when you mm -hmm. try to talk to them about it, you're going to get gaslighted light it <laughs> right yo is that is that character um a narcissist in the 20s you know the character that is like this girlfriend that's off and on with the main character have you seen the 20s Did I I be... oh okay could you describe that you're describing want... that just as a point of reference for the kids you like, have to kind of see um that person has to have like for the personality disorder it really has to be an impact on functioning and it has to show up in all contexts family, relationships, at work, and all of those mm. as well. So generally, someone with that 
with the personality disorder, you will see people at work saying the same thing that people at home saying about this person. Um, and so you'll know like, oh, th this person is really struggling. Um, and so, cause people with that personality are struggling. These are defensive behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, and you just have to make sure that <laughs> while you may be empathically inclined to um, kind of hold that person, uh, if it's the destruction of you and who you are and your well-being emotionally, mentally, psychically, spiritually, uh, and most sometimes financially, because some people actually support <laughs> those with that behavior. Um, mm -hmm. with their, um, so if you find that that is happening to you, then you know that you're dealing with someone who has these types of behaviors and look for the hallmarks. Grandiosity that person having no feeling for you, like no empathy for you at all. Like you could be crying or bleeding in front of this person and they're only thinking about how it's going to work out for them. Mm. Um, they're mm. for admiration. So their need to be seen as I'm the one. And usually you'll notice them because if they have it, they're just going to be really extra and they're going to be very like, I am it and everybody must mm. be, right? And it's everything, everything is all about manipulation for that end, admiration, attention seeking. And another side of that is the absolute intolerance for criticism or any type of defeat. They're going to get either emotionally dysregulated or they're going to cut you off and come to you and they kill you. <laughs> wow. like, a, like a presidential briefing, baby. They're going right. to cut you off. <laughs> like, you know, like, um, Sometimes it'll be more around, um, well, I am, or it's this sense of grandiosity, like, I, I, I have this vision, and my vision says it. A lot of uh, so-called like, occult gurus are complete, um, mm -hmm. those are the types of people that you see with this, this personality disorder, mostly, because they're always, it's like, I am the head, no one is, no one else is, and mm -hmm. it's all about what you can give to me. Those yeah. are the things to look for. Those, I would say those are the hallmarks that across the board you will see with these types of people. The personality disorder will be something a lot deeper and it will carry over across context and it will completely jack up the functioning, occupationally, socially, um, uh, functioning of that person. And mm. you'll see different contexts. Like everywhere that person is, you will see people saying the same types of things. Now, sometimes people engage in this kind of self-focused behavior because when we are struggling emotionally, it's not a selfish behavior, but it's more all you think about is what's happening to you, like a deep depression or anxiety. So that is kind of like your whole focus because that's all you think about is what's happening to you. And it's kind of hard to break away from that. And that actually gets better in therapy. Like you, somebody gives you the insight. Yeah. You know, you go through the motions, and those people tend to really heal and move on and really mm. do relationships. Narcissists, people who are, I don't want to say narcissists and give them a label like that, but people who struggle with narcissism, 
and people who struggle with narcissistic personality disorder, that's a that's really it's very difficult to treat. And it because first it's difficult to provide that insight because you can talk all day and, and tell them all the most beautiful things. But if it sounds or, or smells like criticism to them, which they're always on defense about. Um, so this so this so listen, children, you know, if you're probably listening um to Dr. Flint right now, and it was like, oh my fucking God, I live with a narcissist, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I'm sorry. Um, breathe through it. Use some of the advice that Dr. Flint has given there, that given here, and your auntie says given to try and get yourself through the Rona with this person, with the anticipation of maybe distancing yourself once the Rona is over, or maybe you can distance yourself right now. But at the very least, you can write your aunties a letter. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us about it. Maybe we can help you out on a specific situation you're dealing with your special narcissist that you're hunkered down with. <laughs> but this is couples month. This is couple. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Flynn. Yes. All right. You. Because we had no idea how to approach that letter. <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> We're like, oh my God, poor baby. We just like run, run, kids, run. run. <laughs> but if 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 you again, guys, um, we really appreciate your um letters. We want to again to thank uh Dr. Uh, Janaki Flint for coming on and breaking down um um being an empath and a narcissist and being together or trying. Um, if you um, have letters, if you have ills, challenges, trying to figure things out um, with Rona and beyond Rona, you can always holler at us at your gay aunties on Instagram, at your gay aunties at Gmail, at your gay aunties on Twitter. All right. Yes. And we will do our best to get back to you or feature. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I also want to add that I know you guys reach out to globally. So there is, um, I want to encourage people to reach out to their crisis hotlines. Yes, ma'am. Because these, you know, these are trying times. And also to to find them, you can Google wherever state or city that you're in. There are many therapists now that are offering free therapy online, tele. Mm. So take advantage of these things now, because if you are living with someone like this, you will need to take care of yourself in many different ways. So I just wanted to offer that up as a final. And how could one reach out to you, Dr. Flint? Um, 21 Senses, uh, NOLA at gmail.com, 21senseshealing.com. And we'll put those in uh, the show notes so you guys can reach out to Dr. Flint. And we also uh, had a couple of other therapists on the show um, that are Black, that are queer, that are all everything in between, whatever fits your, your bit and you want to be in front of a therapist, we can help you out with that. Just uh, check some past episodes around that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. Yes. <laughs> well, children, we are nearing the end of the show. But before we go, I just wanted to remind you, this episode is brought to you by Black in Space, a virtual Black Pride experience powered by Makers Lab. Black Pride is not canceled. Inspired by the beautiful future of Black and Brown queer people, let's come together in space. Starting this Thursday, May 21st, for five days of art, music, film, and joy. Get your tickets at blackinspace.com. That's B-L-K, the letter N, 
space.com. All right, y'all. And with that being said, I am Hanifa Walida. And I'm Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. Woo-hoo! Yes. Bye. Lady, y'all. Love you, kisses. <laughs>